0: Hey, Biz Dads, we're back for another great week of the Biz Dads podcast. It's been a great weekend coming to you after a special episode last week. We're excited to get back to a couple of the more normal topics that we talk about week to week. We've got a lot of fun talk about baseball being back, the kids' baseball, that got some NFL talk and all the things that went down this week there following all of the terrible times the week before. Plenty of sports and biz news. We've got our partnership spotlight coming up, and a very special guest today, the one and only Will, producer Twists Boo, will join us, Parenting 101, and then our final four of the week. Here we go. Let's jump into this week's Biz Dads. All right, Andres, it was a pretty normal weekend for me. It felt normal because we had a baseball tournament up in Rome all weekend long, but it was worth every second. How was your weekend?
1: Went in Rome. It was good. I had a full house. We had a family staying with us that are moving, and we had them over. So we had 10 people in our home. So it was good. Tell me about baseball.
0: Great baseball week. We were up in Rome, as I mentioned, and it was it was so amazing. Andres, to just get into the swing of things again, as we've talked about ad nauseum, for me, the, the competition left in my life besides business uh, is, comes in the form of 8U baseball, which is probably sad to say that out loud, but it's just so much fun. And our boys had actually played so well, they had other kids coming up to them, calling them the comeback kids because they got their butts whooped the first, uh, the second game. They came back the first game. They came back from a deficit to tie the game. They were a little all over the place this week, but they did not quit in any of the games. And and it's fun for them to have some of the other kids call them the comeback kids. So at least we're doing something right and teaching them not to quit. A little spot of normal. It was fun.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's great. Yeah, I think softball's. Starting back up with some little scrimmage, sort of sandlot style. They're not going to resume league play, but uh, I think they're going to go out and try to just get get the girls kind of out. There's supposed to be some, you know, some some baseball for Renzo, our middle one. It's more optional. He's unfortunately not old enough to do the Smyrna league because he's got a late summer birthday. So. We're gonna, yeah. We're just trying to be creative with the kids. You know, we're like three weeks into the summer. We got a survey today about what parents are looking for for back to school. So I don't know if you had a chance to.
0: I haven't looked at it yet, but I I saw that. I have not looked at it yet.
1: We we locked in a bunch of landscaping, and my wife's excited about that, and got our house refinanced. So that's funding on Friday. So.
0: Is there anything worse than having to go through that process of refinancing your house? I don't. I. It's such an adult thing that we have to do. And it's always a dad thing that you have to do, I feel like. And I was looking about doing it again, but I don't know if I have it in me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no. And at the end of the day, I think all you're doing is trying to get a lower payment, which I think we accomplished. We're hopefully behind, that's behind us. But what was shocking is the lawyer said, Yeah, some people do this every six months. Just chase lower rates. I couldn't do that.
0: (laughs) That's like shopping for the lowest rate for natural gas. Like, I couldn't do that either. Well, it was a it was a, a busy week in NFL news as well. Tapping back into uh, kind of some of the ripples of our conversation last week, you know, Drew Brees had some comments that created shockwaves around really the NFL and beyond. You know, Drew Brees had been, in my mind, still continues to be the model for an NFLer. I mean, an underdog his whole career, who's set records, who has. Um, uh, a quick Drew Brees story. He two things that always stood out to me about him. One, he when he broke the record. I don't know if you were watching this. When he broke the record for being the all-time leading passer, I think it was. He ran over to the sideline, and his two boys, daughter, and wife were there, and the entire world in the palm of this guy's hands. He takes the first thing out of his mouth as he looks at his boys and his daughter, and he says. I told you anything is possible. If you put your mind to it, he took that moment for a parenting lesson. And I just absolutely fell in love with drew Brees, regardless of what team he plays for. I mean, I just, I've always been a big fan. The second thing is, you know, his kids have been these great speakers on some of these interviews they've done. And, And they actually one time were asked, you know, what makes a hero? And they had this incredible answer for kids that are like 10 years old. I don't know about, you know, changing lives and this it's just they seem to be doing it the right way. And I say all of that because Drew got wrapped up in his beliefs and speaking about something that that was important to him in addressing the Kaepernick situation and took that conversation to kneeling for the flag and disrespecting the flag. The backlash was, f- was swift, just, and brutal in them coming after him for not understanding what that meant. Now, anybody who was a part of the Kaepernick thing over the last few years has probably very strong opinions on what Kaepernick was doing, and most people would agree with Drew Brees not to disrespect our flag, but that's not what Kaepernick's protest was about. The NFL even came out and said they handled it wrong this week. Um, or they handled it wrong over the last few years, and it's just an interesting situation, Andres. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it, but a guy like Drew, who had been such a pillar, didn't choose his words probably carefully enough, and got caught up in it.
1: Yeah, you know, one thing I I learned from the last week is I think being introspective and trying to find opportunities to listen and reflect and think about it, it's a it's a really emotional week, obviously for a lot of folks. I think with Drew Brees, where I think his initial reaction about, you know, I'll, I'll never support disrespecting the flag. I think that after having some time for them to reflect and kind of hear the feedback, I, I think that it, it, he was kind of confusing or maybe was trying to sort of mix two different issues. He's clearly trying to, I don't know, damage control or, or you know, apologies, et cetera. And I mean, you know, I don't know what that locker room looks like. I don't know what that what that team forgiveness. I mean, if you just look at what's kind of out there in the news, I mean, there's definitely a lot of black athletes in the African-American community. I mean, it's definitely, I think, kind of in a wait and see mode. So with what the NFL, you know, then you, you sort of look at Goodell, him coming out because of the you know, the video that was put together, actually, it, with the help of Michael Thomas, Drew Brees' teammate, yep. uh, and some NFL production folks that came out, then Goodell comes out with his, you know, 90-second response. I still don't understand why they haven't mentioned Kaepernick or why Goodell hasn't mentioned Kaepernick by name. But it just seems like the NFL being as big as it is, it seems like there's, there was a change and a shift uh, over the last two or three days, four days. So I guess it's just, and you know, we're in an election year and it's going to definitely be political. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. I don't think we've seen the end of it. This country has a lot of listening, a lot of thinking, a lot of healing to do. There's no question.
0: Well, you know, if I remember correctly, Breeze came out after hearing, uh, all of those comments from his peers and, and he directly addressed commissioner Goodell, President Trump, I think too, about the need for change and the need to listen, and I don't want to misquote him, but I know he came back with a strong sentiment after listening to his teammates, and that doesn't forgive anybody for 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 their for insensitivity or whatnot. but again, I you know going all the way back to the Kaepernick thing, you can never say there there is a different way or there needs to be a different way. Kaepernick did what he thought was right and and made you know made his statement. The American flag is a sensitive topic. It is one that I would never want to see disrespected. I don't think that's what they were doing. I think they used that forum to get their point across and what was needed, and I applaud them for that, but there's got to be a way for everybody to understand and and find ways of protest that are not misperceived and not misjudged so that we can get to a point of Change, real change, we've talked about. It'll be interesting, to your point, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the, the Saints locker room. Again, I think Drew will earn the respect of his teammates. I think they will understand what he was trying to say and, not, and, and help him understand their point of view. The NFL in Kaepernick it will be an ongoing story, in my opinion, in that they're not going to you know have him be the one individual because there were several people who did it. Uh, who kneeled for the flag, that is. And you know, I I think the NFL is going to have to really get this right because they can do serious damage if they don't. So hopefully, listening ears are open. We've had a lot go on in this country in the last week and a half that shows that there could be real change. So let's let's get into a little bit. Let's get into some of the sports and business stuff that we've talked about. One of the things that was really interesting were how some of the corporations decided to speak out, kind of continuing on that same sentiment lot of brands making very bold statements for the most part I think received pretty well you know I saw you know brands from coca-cola to you know even more obscure brands that that you, you don't see day in and day out in your life making very bold statements about how they are listening how they want to fight for for social justice and uh, and hopefully when you start talking about the backbone of this society being capitalism, and those corporations at the tip of that spear that can help drive real change. There were also a lot of comments that I saw about people challenging what, what these corporations boards looked like and what their C suites looked like. And while a valid point also not in my opinion warranted because there is a need for change. There is a need for more diversity uh, in the leadership, but they shouldn't, they should be questioned. They should be working towards Making those changes, but when they're trying to do the right thing, attacking them perpetuates the challenges that we face. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Andres.
1: Well, I mean, look, there's definitely going to be and needs to be an ongoing conversation and a dialogue about race and injustice and inequity and inequality in our country. It's long overdue. I think one of the big takeaways from like I said, for me over the last week to two weeks has been, you know, I just got to step back and really think about, you know, where can I make an impact? Where can I make a difference? Where can I listen and then try to help? Yeah. The big companies in terms of the influence they have it starts at the top. I mean, and we saw a lot of leaders come forward over the last 10 days. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of going back to the comment that I made, you know, a week ago, which is Dwayne Casey from I think it's the Pistons said, you know, hopefully this is something that that leads to real change, you know, not these platitudes about, you know, we need to do better and we can do better and we will do better, but actual, you know, real change. And uh, we're seeing that. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of examples of it. It's um it's just a matter of time. I think there's a lot of people watching. I think that it feels like the protests and the activism took on a different level, a different level of involvement. And uh, I mean, I'm personally, you know, very optimistic that we see some concrete things come out of this for, you know, for for good, for the black community, for those that have, you know, suffered from years and years and years of of inequality and brutality. And, you know, it's across, you know, multiple different phases. It's not just in the economy, it's in policing and other areas. And we all have to do our part. So get out
0: and vote. Yeah. I mean, well said, nobody's going to say the right thing every time. And as long as what's in your heart is to try to do the right thing, as long as you're willing to listen and as you're willing to change, I think we've all got a bright future ahead of us. You know, it's again, we, we sit here and you know, I I want everybody to know that we're, I, I don't know about you. I'm changing throughout this whole process as well. And hopefully for the better, that, uh, that I, uh, I'm listening more, talking less, saying less, um, but trying to listen and learn and taking a lot of the advice and feedback that we had gotten from last week's show, the conversations I've had. And while nothing we say is ever, nothing I say is ever going to be perfect. I hope everybody appreciates that. We're going to constantly try to learn, listen and learn to what's going on. So I know corporations and, and athletes and teams and leagues and politicians, Hopefully, are all paying attention to the very loud and necessary voice that is uh, rising above everything during all of this. So, fingers crossed, Andres. Speaking of rising, how about the market? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty interesting to see what's going on. I, for for me, a novice, I, I can't interpret how well it's going. You know what that means versus what you hear and how business still seems to be somewhat slow. What's your take?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we've, the, the equity market, the stock market, the equity markets have been, you know, roaring back since the, the lows that we hit in March. And, you know, my my sense is that while there's going to be, some bumpy days. I mean, like today in the market, Tuesday, you know, I think I think that there's two things that are driving things. One is technology has become such a big part of, you know, of the market. You look at big companies like Amazon and Facebook and Netflix and on and on and on. And, and those are such a big part of, of the economy and they're a big part of, of the S&P and the Dow Jones. So that's having, a, I think, sort of a... A bigger impact on the rest of the market. Uh, And then number two, there's just so much stimulus that's been put into the market. And I think there's a sense that, you know, the worst of COVID is behind us. And while the economy shed tens of millions of jobs, and there's certainly uh, a lot of people out there that are hurting, and there's a lot of, you know, just recovery that has to happen. And we're by no stretch out of the woods. I think the perception is, from the market that the economy is is coming back and that things are going to continue to get better. So you combine the technology which is a huge part of, you know, our our economy and couple that with a ton of stimulus and probably more stimulus to come and it's just uh it's the psychology of the market. It's continuing to, you know, roar ahead. I personally think it's ahead of where we are in the economy though. I don't think the economy is as healthy as as the market indicates.
0: Yeah, I think you, you you know, and that's making sure that those two things come together, right? It's going to be important to watch. I, I had a lot of conversations this week with brands and the sentiment is, you know, one back to school is going to be fast and furious. There's going to be a lot of brands that as soon as schools start to make plans, finalize those plans, there are going to be a lot of brands that want to talk to families and want to support schools and support kids and educational curriculums and those kind of things. So that'll be really interesting to watch too. And, you know, this is only my prediction. Hold on to your hats when it comes to fourth quarter holiday. There's a lot of pent-up buying frustration probably with people who have not had vacations and, you know, people who hopefully have found a way to save during this COVID. I mean, I think we have in the grand scheme of things during all of this. I'm fortunate to be a small business owner and, you know, and continue to, to hopefully figure that out to where we can sustain all of this. You know, college athletics will play a big role in how we are able to survive that. But you know, all in all, I mean, people are looking at this being a huge two H and, and hopefully the economy will, will carry on and continue to get back. And I don't think any of this quiets down or is really in a, some, some level of quote unquote normalcy until that first Tuesday in November.
1: Yeah, that's a, I'm sure our show will definitely cover some politics as we get closer to November, without question. But yes, I mean, the market does not like uncertainty. So I, yeah, there's no question that that the election in November will have will, will definitely have some bearing on kind of where things go. Yeah, my, my, my overall, like I said, takeaway from, from the stock market is, you know, there's expectations and likelihood that there will be more stimulus. There's a lot of backstops been provided by the Fed and and the Treasury. You know, technology continues to be a big and critical part of our economy. And, uh, you know, how many Zoom calls have you been on in the last week? How many, you know, Microsoft Teams ads have you seen on TV? I mean, it's just such a big, you know, how many things have you seen uh hit your doorstep from Amazon, such such a big part of uh of the economy and even more pronounced here in the shutdown and, and in the recovery.
0: Well going to one of the points we talked about with Amazon just getting into everything. You know, they're gonna stream four Premier League games coming up, which I think is just again a a glimpse into the future of not only what Amazon becomes, but streaming becoming a bigger platform for For sports and entertainment in general, you know, obviously you've had the Netflix, the Hulus, and the Amazon Primes of the world, Prime Video, probably do pretty well during all of this while people were consuming a lot of media. Now Amazon getting into the the Premier League, the world's arguably the world's largest sporting league with teams having four billion fan followers. Uh, It'll be interesting to watch. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the sports world right now. Um, The NBA making plans to come back Our Atlanta Hawks aren't going to make that cut, but, uh, going down to Disney, right. And, um, getting kind of a end of season, you know, figuring the end of the season and getting into the, the playoffs. I mean, pretty big news.
1: Yeah. One little tidbit on the NBA, Brad, did you know I bought my first pair of new fully priced Nike basketball shoes in my life? I'm going to try to get into that shoe game. You know, you, you see all these guys that buy shoes and then turn around and sell them on eBay for like yeah. 2X because they're like a limited edition and they sell out. So I've been doing all this reading and research on, you know, these guys that collect shoes. And I, I, by no means do I anticipate having hundreds of boxes of shoes and going to a trade show. But, but so I bought a pair of LeBrons. I personally don't think the shoe is very attractive, but, um, <laughs> but, but it's sold out already. So uh, they're coming And, uh, before I, you know, before I open them, I'm just going to flip them back out on eBay and I'm going to see what somebody will pay for them.
0: So this Um, is your first enter into sneakerheaddom. You're a sneakerhead now.
1: Yes. So, yeah. So more to come, more to come. Wow. I'm going to attempt not to wear them because I'm curious to see what somebody will pay for them, uh, in mint condition on eBay.
0: Yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, quick little sneakerhead story. Um, and 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 the the moral of this story I will preface I will say first is don't ever try to change for your audience. <laughs> I've been doing some work in the music industry and I quickly realized that my normal uniform of slacks and a sport coat and dress shoes uh, makes me a stiff in the music industry. So I went out on stock X. Have you been have you, this is part of the sneakerhead thing? It's like an exchange for for shoes. So what you need to do instead of going to eBay, Go check out StockX and see okay. what those shoes are going for because it's kind of like a stock market for sneakers. No joke. Okay. It's insane. One of the coolest things. That's a whole nother episode. So I go in there and I'm going to get a pair of Jordans. And um I find a pair that I like that I think, all right, I could pull this off. And i wear them with, you know, wearing with jeans and a sport coat and kind of cool and a t shirt. And I'm going to cool myself up. I'm going to look like you know, record producer, Brad. I quickly realized one, I look stupid Two, Those are the most uncomfortable damn shoes I ever put on my feet. I had blisters like you wouldn't believe. And those things are still sitting in my damn closet. I'm 200 and something dollars to the negative and I'll never wear those damn shoes again. So if you're listening, comment below on the podcast, let me know that you're interested in the sneakers and they're yours for a low, low price. Um, yeah,
1: I might I might have to take you up on that and see if we can get those moved. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, this whole sneaker thing is curious to me because uh, I know that the the Asian market, for example, is huge in, in terms of being able to buy like main condition Nikes. And so I'll keep our audience posted. I'll keep you I'll keep you posted. But, you know, if LeBron makes a run and they win a title and I've got the Lakers edition, you know, I think. That can only help my cause, you think. So we'll see.
0: Tune in for future episodes to see what happens. You know, it is interesting. Uh, you know, while the NBA is making great strides, it seems like the MLB is going backwards. A couple disagreements between the Players Association and the owners. You know, it's sad. Um, I, I don't know how many of our listeners know anything about Major League Baseball. You know, I grew up with some of the greatest moments with my dad um, watching Major League Baseball. My my most favorite memory in the world is nineteen ninety four going to opening day at the Jake Jacobs Field in Cleveland to see our Indians. Um, you know, it was this amazing run that they had through the nineties and it all kicked off in a new stadium. You know, the Sid slid for us Atlantans down here. But the average viewer of Major League Baseball is fifty five years old. And yeah. and it's a fifty five year old white man's game to watch on TV. If if the players and ownership can't agree on a model, it could be devastating for the sport of professional baseball in this country. I, I don't know if they recover.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I try to follow this, but it's getting, I mean, I mentioned this in a, a previous episode and it's just getting tiresome. I mean, everybody else seems like they're figuring it out and these guys are squabbling and again, it's their livelihood and it's, you know, money and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day is, you know, are we playing 60 games, 80 games, 90 games? It's a pro rated salaries, you know, at the end of the day, I think, this is uh this this is turning into a huge mess for for MLB um you know I saw today that uh Coca-Cola quietly announced that they are letting their contract with MLB expire um so there's going to be yeah I don't know I don't know if Pepsi jumps on that part of that's probably due to the coronavirus uh COVID but yeah it's just a it's just a bad look for MLB uh well, and, and all the way around
0: it's unfortunate they're, they're going in the wrong direction with everything I mean you know it is not a game that young African-American boys are playing. It is a game that is you know, played mostly by, by white and and Latino or Hispanic athletes. Uh, it is watched by older viewers, as I mentioned. It's just, it's long. They're four-hour long games. Everything about it is trending in the wrong direction, and that's unfortunate as America's pastime. What they've got to figure out how to do is to get through this. This should be when players and owners come together to do the right thing for the fans to help their sports sustain because again, they're, they're not paying attention to the damage that can be caused by this for lack of a better term work stoppage or this disagreement that's fighting over millions of dollars when 13% of the population is out of a job fighting over $8 million or $12 million doesn't make somebody sitting at home happy when they've lost their job and they're just looking for something to take their mind off the stresses of normal everyday life. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on, you know, and, and combining our worlds, you know, the Mets sale is something that's come up this week, plenty yeah. of big names, um, private equity and entertainment coming in. It'll be interesting I mean, to watch.
1: Yeah. JLo, A-Rod, MLB, the Mets, Steve Cohen. So look, while baseball, might not be very popular anymore. There's still franchises worth a couple billion dollars, and the Mets is, I guess, the latest sports team to attract interest from folks in private equity and from Wall Street. You know, I guess the backstory, real quick, is the Mets were reportedly very close to a deal to sell 80% of the franchise to a former hedge fund manager. Well, he still runs a hedge fund named Steve Cohen. Many people that maybe watch the show billions. It's loosely based on, you know, very loosely based on some of the the story of Steve Cohen and his hedge fund, SAC Capital. That deal got nixed. Interesting thing about that deal, it was for a lot of money, a couple billion dollars, but it didn't include the media rights. Well, the new potential suitors for the Mets are two guys that have a sports and entertainment group. They already own the Sixers and the Devils. This is uh, Josh Harris and David Blitzer. The thinking is they are going to, they're not going to pay, quote unquote, full value for the Mets. I think the Mets are getting desperate. They lose $50 million a year. So the thinking is they buy the Mets, they combine all of this into one kind of regional sports network, which will be interesting to see if they can pull it off. You know, the Sixers under this new ownership group, you know, they've, they've gotten better. They had the, you know, the strategy for years to kind of tank and pick up draft picks and We'll see in this year's playoffs. They picked up a couple of free agents and uh, and Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. They've got Joel Embiid. The process, quote unquote, is working. You know Ben Simmons is a is an All Star. So we'll see if this sale happens. But I agree with you in terms of you know, baseball itself as a sport. I mean, I think it's seen better
0: days. It doesn't
1: mean it can't come back, but it uh, doesn't mean that there aren't people out there willing to pay a lot of money to own the franchise. I think a lot of that's due to the media though.
0: Well, Regardless <laughs> what what sport you're in, if you're in the big three, you know, NFL, NBA, and MLB, it's still status to own a team. Uh, it's a status oh, yeah. symbol. And, you know, keep an eye on Harris Blitzer because man, they're again, that's a good firm. Those guys are, are going to continue to make waves in the sports industry, you know, and they would do great things for the Mets. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah, sure. Good talk. Good sports biz talk this, uh, this week, Andres. Thanks for chatting it up with me. Let's get into this week's partnership spotlight. So Andres, in the world of video conferences, I came across a company, uh, who we can all appreciate. Coors Light creating and utilizing zoom to create the greatest promotion I've seen in a long time. They created a, for lack of a better term, a bot or a, a filter that allows you to video yourself like you are sitting in a Zoom and then layer that in as a background on your Zoom call. So it basically walks you through this, you know, it's like it'll tell you nod, smile, laugh, And you go through these movements of this 15-second video, and then you can play it. And while they said you have time to go, quote-unquote, grab a Coors Light from the fridge in between the middle of a Zoom call. And I thought that was just so brilliant. I sent a note to my buddy at Coors Light because I'm like, you know what? That's just having fun. That's, That's just taking it and lightening it up and creating a great filter that I did it I created this cheesy video of me like nodding and smiling and pretending I'm paying attention to this zoom call and then utilizing it as a layover on the actual zoom call and uh, made sure my shirts matched from the one I was wearing in real life to the one I did in the video but it was great just a great way for Coors Light to have some fun with all the craziness going on that's this week's partnership spotlight Andres it's a very special time here on BizDads. Our beloved Twist is in a relationship. She is you know working very hard to make this podcast a success. You know, we try to get her in here every once in a while. But you know what? I think we both would agree that we've taken a little ownership of Twist. We're kinda we're not only biz dads to our kids, we're biz dads to producer Twist. Wouldn't you agree?
1: I agreed. I mean we want what's best for her and I am so curious to learn more about this lucky man in her life.
0: Well, this is a
2: huge day.
0: Without further ado, Anne, introduce us to your boo.
2: (laughs) Brad has been waiting for this day for, I guess, since the day he met me. I have been not talking about boys, but kind of been talking about boys since the day I met him.
0: You have been talking about boys nonstop (laughs) since the day I met you.
2: In the lucky... Luckiest man alive. We have Will Singletary on the interview. Brad has never met him. Welcome, Will. Today. Wow, you get this Welcome into the of- Biz
0: Dads Podcast.
3: Get a Welcome. nice innovation. Thank you. <laughs> nice to meet Not you trace for having me. The original Biz Dads.
0: Well, look, we think as a future biz dad yourself, whether it is with our beloved twist or not, you should listen and pay close attention to us old sages and all of the amazing advice that we have to share with you. But we need oh. to learn a little bit about you, Will. Tell us a little bit about I, yourself. I have a question,
3: though, before I, before I get the questioning. What exactly qualifies as a biz dad? I am curious.
0: Well, I'm going to disregard the level of millennial disrespect and jumping right in with the question. <laughs> and I would say, Andres, please, uh, your definition is definitely appreciated here. But my definition of a biz dad is a guy who works hard to support his family. Doesn't forget, you know, how much fun life can be, you know, needs to have his guy time, but, uh, you know, needs a shoulder to lean on his buddies and, um, you know, wants to talk to talk around the water cooler and, you know, have our cul-de-sac chats and, you know, have our youth sports talks and get our kids stuff in but you know there's a lot of stuff out there that we got to talk and we got to support each other so that's a biz dad in my opinion andres
1: no i'm with you look i mean my kids are all downstairs asleep and i'm rapping with one of my really good buddies and we're talking about sports and business and being parents and how crazy it is so that's all i think that's all it's about you know it's about having fun imparting a little light fair to people out there in the podcast world. And I mean, I I've learned a great deal about Brad just from doing the show and it's hard enough to get together, with, you know, people anymore. So it's been fun just to do this. So,
0: so will the answer to the question when somebody says, "Will, where do you see yourself in 10 years should be, I'm going to be a badass biz dad.
3: I'll <laughs> um, have to ask what that means. And now I can follow up with an answer.
0: There you go. So, let me do a little bit of the questioning here. First things first, what are your intentions with our wonderful producer?
3: Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Hard hitting question right off the bat. No softballs uh,
0: here, baby. Fastball, hardball. <laughs> I'm well, sweating.
3: Right now, uh, we're just, you know, enjoying life with each other, taking it day by day. I think we have a bright future ahead of us, but. We'll see where it goes. Maybe biz dad, maybe not. We'll see. I'm I'm excited for our future though. We're we're doing really well now. It's been over seven months, so it's been a great seven months. Really, honestly, more than that. But it's been awesome getting to know Anne and she's a great girl. You're lucky to have Twist. Excuse me, I forget that's her name here on the show. But you know, future's bright for Twist and Will. He I got a question, brother.
1: He takes right, it. Gonna,
0: I will say this. He takes it yard. Great answer. Yes.
1: Great great answer. Very impressed. I got a question for you. I got a question for you, Will. This is Andres. I have read all about how relationships have had to transition and dating has been more difficult during COVID. So you've been together seven months. It sounds like you've known each other prior to. What has been the best and the most challenging thing about continuing to court your beautiful you know future bride during covid
3: um i would say
0: let me
2: take it um oh (laughs) with all this free time he has had plenty of time. get
0: used to that will
3: i like the cutoff so you're golfing a lot are you i am yeah i've Taking advantage of the kind of work from home, being able to have some more time on the weekends, sometimes on the weekdays, and sharpen my game a little bit. Really, since daylight savings kicked in, is about when the coronavirus started ratcheting up. So, been having longer days and getting to enjoy some golf with my dad and brother and family and friends as well. So, I I love playing golf. Do you
1: intend to play a lot of golf when you're potentially (laughs) together long-term, or do you intend to give
3: up the game so you can spend time together? It's a trade-off for sure, I think, and I understand her viewpoint on it. She doesn't love how much I play, but you know, I'm trying to teach her, actually. So she has started to help me out with my tennis game a bit and was a good high school tennis player, and so I have asked her to try and take it seriously, so I'm aiming to get her a lesson or two and see, see where her talent is. But I've seen her hit a few swings and she's got some, some serious level talent. So I'm hoping that we can reach some common ground there.
0: Will, a little piece of advice for you as a, as a, I'd like to call myself a former avid golfer before I had kids. One, get it in, as much in as you can before you get married, Don't get even me. more that's, in that's before you have kids. Cause you right. will not be able to play when they're young uh, and, and for the love of God, don't teach your wife to play golf. Own that space, brother. Have that time to yourself. Yeah. You work hard. Twist. Well,
3: I see where you're coming from, actually. I, I mean, Maybe I love it's you, a, Twist, I but.
0: I her to learn how to drive the golf cart,
3: and that could be a little afternoon shindig or something. I would
0: something, also but... learn to choose your words more wisely, Will. I mean, just let her go play tennis. You go play golf. You know, and, and look, my parents play golf together all the time. But they are empty nesters. They have two grown boys and grandkids. That's when you teach Anne to play golf. When you want to, you know, you rekindle your love for one another on the golf course. And I'll work on Anne on the side too. I'm, I'm here with you. I mean, I want you to be successful and be able to hit the course. But when the kids come around, brother, it's time to probably find some other, other ways to participate around the house. Don't, don't be hitting the golf course too often. There's not enough time for that. That's, okay. that's, I've, I've, I've got another,
1: I've got another question for Will <laughs> on the hot seat tonight. Will, what have you given up as a concession? Cause it sounds like you play golf and that's a passion of yours. It sounds like that's something you're going to continue to want to do. What have you sacrificed and given up to show her that she's important to you and the time
0: together is okay. important. This is like 60 minutes with Andre Sandate.
3: Um, well, I've given up a lot of my time. I've traveled a lot with Anne. We've done some fun vacations and spent a lot of time with her and her friends, really just showing different ways I care about her. I made her a nice gift Which a while I can back.
2: Can you all see them. it?
0: Uh, it is, well, for, those, uh, for those just listening.
3: It's been on, like, the mantle in her kitchen for a while.
0: It is a collage oh. of pictures of them together. And on the back, it is very much a fanboy poster of happy 6th month anniversary. So, Will, I I can't wait to see how you celebrate a year. Ann's big on 6 years. Well, Anne's big on collages too. I've never met I, a person who does more picture collages than Ann.
2: That's why I loved his sweet gift. So far so
0: good. <laughs> so far so good here, Will. Well, that's a man who pays attention. I applaud that. Um That is good. Tell us a little bit about what's going to make you a great whether it's with Ann or not, this is about being a dad and being a you know a hardworking man. Tell us what's going to make you a great husband and a great dad if you want to be a dad.
3: Well, you mentioned hardworking. Definitely think that's one of my qualities, went to a good university, went to Washington. Lee worked hard there to get a good job with SunTrust, now Truist, which has been a pretty tough job, Uh, the investment banking credit side. So that's one. Two, I actually ran a sports camp with a bunch of little kids, a bunch of six to 10-year-old boys when I was in Jacksonville. I started that on my own, had a bunch of kids, and I got a little bit over my head. I ran it back the next summer and had so many kids, I had to hire another friend. So feel like I have good experience working with younger kids, kind of how to deal with them in large quantities and also just their excitement and bouncing off the walls and all that, which I'm sure y'all are familiar with. And so I've always just kind of been around kids and in a family with three siblings myself. So I feel like that's something I've always been good at. My parents have said so. I guess those two things, being hardworking and knowing how to take care of kids.
2: Well, his life slogan is Honor Integrity Jacks. So I feel like the first is pretty good description of you.
0: Did you say honor, integrity, Jags? Yeah. Yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're a big are, fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I can appreciate that. Right. The, the fact that they've made it into yours.
3: And let me say one more thing, actually. One of my better qualities. I'm a very loyal person. So I'm going to be loyal to my bride, loyal to my family, loyal to our family name, loyal to the Jags, loyal to all of that, which is important. I have. I'm. I don't waver in my commitments. I'm usually follow through with my commitments
0: there you go again well said i mean as a browns fan i can applaud your passion for the jags browns fan yeah
3: i'm not kidding those are the two if you want to look at the two worst teams probably since 2000 i don't if you want to fact check me in over here on the computer you probably could But the two worst teams in the last 20 years have got to be – Browns and Jaguars got to be in the top.
0: you got to throw the Lions in there too. Yeah. Only a couple teams that have never made a Super Bowl. It's tough. But look, I I tell people all the time, I'm raising my kids to be Browns and Indians fans and Georgia Bulldogs fans because they're going to learn how to deal with disappointment. And young, singletary offspring will probably learn the same type of disappointment if you raise them as, uh, as Jags fans. Well, I'm
3: hoping by that point we have our act together in ten plus years. But keep keep the hope you know. alive,
0: brother. Keep the hope alive. So tell us your favorite thing about producer Twist here. What what is uh, what's one of the best things about her? Wow, well, that's
3: that's hard to fit here into any kind of answer. Love a lot of things about Anne. If I had to pick a couple, I would say one. I really appreciate and love how thoughtful and kind she is. She's Aww. whether it's a random gift or um, just something to make you feel good or you know, something she knows you like to do, she'll always come up with the gift or whatever it is. And that's something I've always admired. And another thing I really love about her is she is very, very good around all my friends and family. She always makes a big effort um, whenever she's around my friends and family. And I don't have to worry about her, you know, ability to communicate and hang out with anyone I'm with. So Those are two of the things, but yeah, she's a great girl. You guys have a good producer.
0: Yeah, we're pretty lucky, as are you. I always tell people, Andres, I think you'd agree with this too, because this is your wife. Uh, I know I married into it. The goal of a perfect marriage is to be able to go into a party, see each other when you walk through the front door, not have to see each other during the party, be able to communicate non-verbally with your looks or an occasional wink as you see each other in different parts of the environment, and then be able to non-verbally communicate on when it's time to go. Margaret and I have always done that very, very well together. You can own a room, you become Mr. and Mrs. whatever environment you're in. I think you got a good partner there in Twist. Um, She can can own a room. So the last thing, and when I asked this question of Twist during her interview, she absolutely butchered it. Let's see if you can do better. Tell us your best dad joke. Um,
2: you got any up your sleeve? <laughs> yeah,
0: I got a couple, actually. Fire away. Oh,
3: no So I'm going to go with how did the concert only cost 45 cents?
0: How did the concert only cost
3: 45 cents, Will? It was a 50-cent concert featuring Nickelback.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. That was funny. I got to give it up. I think I'll just stop with that. <laughs> All All right. I, you get two laughs. Start with you. Again, <laughs> right. another good sign top when you're ahead Will, thanks for joining us take good care producer you, Will. twist well do thank you guys for having me go jack <laughs> well andres i i, like I don't know him. about you i like him i mean i think twist has done well
2: Pass the
1: test
0: I told her I would not.
1: uh, He said investment banking credit. I'm like, okay, you know, that's what I did when I was like right right out of school. So, I mean, I want to learn more about him just because of that. But I I think he seems like a very nice guy. You better check yourself on that golf, though, Mr. Will, because I know a lot of guys who play a lot of golf. And, I mean, I think their wives accept it. I'm always amazed when I meet guys who like (laughs) religiously on Saturday was gone for like six hours to go play golf. And I'm like, how do you do that with two little kids under like four? But I don't know. Some people have that, I guess, that contract. We're working find, on some, that. find some things that you both enjoy doing and find some things that you, I think it's important to find some things that you're both not good at and try to do some of those kinds of things together. Like my wife loves doing stuff in the backyard and I don't. Like gardening and planting and that's not my thing. But I'm trying to find ways to do more of it because it's
0: important to her.
2: Yeah, we're both pretty adventurous. So we like trying new things all the time. We love different activities. So we're a big activity couple. So. Well,
0: again, I, my point to marriage has always been, and business has always been, find the right balance. And even if there are things that you guys like to do individually, make sure that you have a hobby, he has a hobby, you will respect those and you guys find a way for the right time in the right place. So I don't know very, if this is
2: a hobby, more of like a lifestyle. It's, it's
0: a, it, I don't. Trust me. As a guy who played golf all the time before, it adjusts. For the most part, the biz dads of the world will make the proper adjustments when the time is oh. right. So a real Thanks. pleasure meeting young Will. I am impressed. I told you when uh, you guys were courting that uh, I would not meet him until after six months. I consider this our first meeting in the hands of COVID 19. Here for all of the amazing BizDad listeners to hear. An official welcome to Will to uh the BizDad and the Trenches Nation.
2: Yay. We Time... finally met my second father. This was a big day.
0: Big day. Let's start to wrap things up a little bit here with the this week's Parenting 101. Andres, I don't know about you, but I struggle with how my kids are learning about money, the value of money, how to spend money, the fact that I'm not made of money and everything from, I want this toy. I want that. I want this. I need this from concession stand. There's a tent over there selling things. I want one of them. You know, I get it all the time and I'm pretty hard line when it comes to like, no means no, I'm not going to put up with this and we've started to basically get the kids figuring that they need to start earning some money so we've created some chores that they have to do that are room and board (laughs) you're right and some things that they can do to earn some extra money i can tell you i officially and successfully had been my almost eight-year-old mow the grass for the first time With some oversight, but he mowed the grass, and he did a pretty good job with it, and uh, he earned a little money. One of the things I've found to help with this, Andres, is the Greenlight card, a very interesting product designed for parents and kids, ages 6 to 15, really is their target demo. We had the chance to do a little work with them and have a great conversation with them here recently, which turned me on to it, but it's a debit card for the kids that has and is tied to allowance and chores and saving and giving there's a giving component to it as well. And they have, you know, millions of dollars that are being given to great charities over time. So I tell all the parents out there, if you need a little help, look into Greenlight financial, or just check in with one of your local biz dads, because it's been tough, but we're figuring out ways to, uh, to make it happen.
1: Yeah. I, this is a really, I think it's a topic we will, we're going to do more on. I think just, money and finances, uh, not only for, you know, us as dads and raising kids and having families, but and also just coming out of COVID. But to your point about teaching kids the value of money, I mean, my God bless my parents, you know, um, they just didn't come from a lot. They didn't have a lot of Means, you know, so the conversation around the dinner table was not the Wall Street Journal and what was going on in the business world. And again, that's that's totally nothing against my parents. I mean, they saved, they gave us we never you know wanted for things. But teaching the concepts of you know they taught us savings and we had christmas funds and these types of things there's so many new products like this green Light financial there's different ways that you can incent kids man we were all about cold hard cash right so when we mowed the lawn uh we helped wash the car we might earn some money and i i don't know if that ever goes away but like i think this is taking it kind of to another level sort of like teaching kids the importance not only of saving but of giving to your point looking out a little bit further i love the idea of teaching kids about how to invest and starting to think about these notions so we're trying to do some of that in our house i just fixed my mower tonight whole nother biz dad story for another time but uh (laughs) i don't know you're inspiring me i have to let frankie loose on the lawn this weekend i'm impressed well i uh with uh, with ben
0: he has now asked Around 417 times to mow the lawn again. Um, I, we'll see. We'll see if he can do it. But I will tell you this my parents had a very close family friend who was also their insurance and, and, and life insurance agent. And he said, you know, he always preached, save 10 cents of every dollar that you make. And I wish I would have followed that lesson back when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. So my goal is to make sure my kids learn the lesson that I did not learn well enough back then that's this week's parenting 101 all right folks wrapping things up this week in spirit of young will joining us and knocking it out of the park with his dad joke this week's final four what is your all-time best dad joke what you got, I'll Twist? Go
2: first. Well, I love telling dad jokes because he laughs sometimes. But if you didn't like that one, I was going to tell one about a vegetable, but it was too corny.
0: Ha ha ha, too corny. <laughs> Andres, was... what you got?
2: You <laughs> really like that one.
1: This one's kind of corny. My wife is really mad at the fact that I have no sense of direction. So I packed up my stuff and write.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> wah, wah. All right, here's mine. For all you cats and kittens out there that are big fans, how did Darth Vader know what Luke got him for Christmas? He felt his presence.
2: (laughs) Wow. Good one, Brad. Should we ask our voters who won?
0: Well, I mean, I have one more because this is the final four. Ready? What is Forrest Gump's password? Run. One Forrest One. (laughs) I was going to say
1: that. (laughs) We definitely are going to get bad ratings. The final four.
0: Comment on your favorite dad joke here on BizDads, All right, everybody. Hey, thanks to Will for joining us again and good job for picking the right guy so far. Uh, He better take good care of you. Andres, a great week talking with you about a lot of different stuff in the sports biz world. A lot of good things to look out for and really appreciate everybody tuning in. All the great feedback from last week. Next week, we're going to have another guest, uh, my good friend, Mark Payne from the architectural firm AECOM and all the amazing work that they are doing in uh, allowing all of us to get back to the sports world. Mark focuses on the sports relationships for AEcom. So look forward to introducing a what I would truly call a wild card friend. You never know what you're going to get with Mark and he probably has the best covid beard that I have seen thus far. Join us next week for another episode of BizDad's.